Coming up on this edition of Out of the Blue from Middle Tennessee State University. We meet the 17th general in our Army ROTC's history. We talk about changes to our new student orientation program, and we sit down with the director of our Center for Educational Media in the College of Education. I'm Andrew Ottman, and this is Out of the Blue. We're broadcasting to you from the Center for Educational Media in the College of Education. On April 12th, MTSU welcomed home Brigadier General Robert S. Powell, Jr of the United States Army Reserve. General Powell is the 17th graduate of our Army ROTC program to reach flag rank, meaning the rank of general. He was recognized with the unveiling of a commemorative brick at a special ceremony at our Veterans Memorial outside the Tom Jackson Building. He's a 1991 graduate of our university with a degree in political science and international relations. He's currently the Deputy Commanding General of the 335th Signal Command and he is the Army Reserve's first cyber officer to reach the rank of general. General Powell joined us on Out of the Blue for this special interview. Joining us today, a very special treat, Brigadier General Robert Powell, Jr. Well, thank you for having me here today. So General, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you're from Shelbyville. Yep. So talk about your decision to come to MTSU and what you decided to study in and how you fell into the role that you're in right now, which is really the Army Reserve's first cyber general, which I'll let you explain what that is. Okay, so uh, it was pretty straightforward coming to MTSU. Uh, my sister, uh, who was a graduate in 74, was here. I came up here as a kid. I was kind of one of those people because she went to MTSU and went to college. I, I always just, that was just what I was gonna do. I came up here and was originally in the aerospace program. I wanted to fly um, helicopters, but my eyes did not allow that. So then I kind of migrated over to the political science department. I've always been interested in history and political science is a little bit to me more like active history. So I was pretty hooked after I'd had a couple of classes. And so I finished out that. Then when I got at the army, as far as how I got into cyber, I was just always kind of fascinated with computers and in the military, I kept receiving responsibilities that had more and more computers because I seemed to have a little bit of a knack with it. And pretty soon, that's what I was doing. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to the Army's Computer Science School at Fort Gordon. Got an opportunity to kind of work in cybersecurity. We just called it security, computer security at the time, but it really kind of started small. It was just small opportunities to do something different that seemed exciting. And uh, much like today, there's little opportunities available uh, for those out there that are willing to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Well, we were honored to have both of you on campus. We had a day-long ceremony, and I'm gonna ask you to speak for yourself in this situation because you know this is talking to my alum rather than a, uh, an Army Reserve General, but uh, that has to be a nice milestone for you to come back to that place where you were a cadet and now being celebrated as our 17th general officer. Yes, it's, it's extremely humbling. Uh, it's also uh, like a great reunion for me. Uh, general Og, who was at the ceremony, was actually my TAC officer. He was Captain Og at the time, and uh, we were able to kind of reminisce of all the things and how hard he trained us. You know, I really appreciated everything that he kind of instilled to us when we were there. And, you know, you really do take what you learn at school and go forward and build on top of it. Clearly, the Army Reserve, as well as all the services, have a very active cyber component in all of their operations. 
and now you're the general uh, that's tasked with heading up the Army Reserve's cyber unit. Walk us through, I know in, you can't be too specific, but in broad terms, what does it mean to be the cyber general of the Army Reserve? Well, most of the cyber formations in the, uh, in the Army Reserves actually fall under the 330, 335th Signal Theater Signal Command, uh, which Major General Phillips actually commands. Mm -hmm. I'm the deputy commander. I just have the classification to, stay, to be in the cyber position underneath him. Uh, and we do have several uh, what are considered cyber organizations. One of them is the Cyber Protection Brigade that I actually used to command. Uh, and underneath the Cyber Protection Brigade, we have 10 cyber protection teams, and they are tasked uh, to go out and if a DOD network is actually compromised, they do kind of what we call clear and hold. They go in, uh, they find the adversary, they have hunt teams that go in, and then they mitigate, and then they basically remove the adversary from the environment, and then they uh, build up the, in the hold part, they're building up the environment to make sure that the adversary can't uh, no longer penetrate the network. If you're able to maintain the current networks, make sure all the patches, make sure that everyone's monitoring what's coming in and can actually see when there's something, some sort of anomaly coming across the network at the time, that they can go in and defend that. I loved the conversation that you had with uh, some of our data science students, and you were talking about that agility being able to kind of get in there, deal with situations that are, that are really, have never been encountered before and really thinking quickly and responding quickly. Is that one of the things that attracted you to this line of work in the Army Reserve? That sort of, what are we gonna tackle now and how are we gonna reach it? Yeah, it is a continuously evolving environment. We have national level challenges at this. One thing that I was encouraging them to think about is the fact that you know, this generation, they have so much capability. We're bringing in a large amount of data and parsing through it uh, requires a mindset that, that, that isn't, you know, common, right? And, um, you know, those are the type of people that we need across the country and coming into organizations like the reserves. We can use that skill set to help protect the nation. And then they can also do their civilian job at the same time. We'd like them to take the skills that they learn with us to take them back and then take their day-to-day -day skills and bring it back to us. Well, Brigadier General Robert Powell Jr., our 17th commissioned general from the ROTC program, Middle Tennessee State University and the Army Reserve Cyber General. General Powell, thank you for joining us on Out of the Blue. Thank you, thank you for having me. And we'll be right back. I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I am a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity that could have changed your life. 
Maybe you're just graduating high school or are working and need to earn a degree to advance your career. Or you aspire to be a leader and a graduate degree can make that happen. Whether you're just starting out or retooling for the future, Middle Tennessee State University can help you get there. MTSU, the University of Opportunities. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I am a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Welcome back to Out of the Blue, I'm Andrew Oppmann. Middle Tennessee State University calls its new student orientation customs, and it's how we welcome our incoming freshmen and transfer students each and every year. There's some changes this year, and here to tell us all about it is Gina Poff, our Director of New Student and Family Programs. Well, Gina, it's great to have you on the program. We wanna know all about customs, welcome. Thank you, it's nice to be here. I'm excited to share a lot of new information with you. Well, you've got a lot of new information to share. Let's, but let's start with the very basics. I get this question asked to me a lot. Everybody knows we have a new student orientation program, but when I say it's customs, I have to kind of explain it a little bit. Can you explain what customs means and why we picked that name uh, almost 30 years ago? Similarly to when you travel to abroad to another country and you go through the process of, of them taking documentations and asking why you were there and then sharing their culture and their traditions. As you enter a new country, we have sort of created that same um, situation with our orientation program in that we are welcoming our new students into our new world um, of MTSU. Well, Gina, as the uh, parent of a prospective student, I, I know how much valuable information is conveyed at Customs. It's, it's vital to their success. And I know because of COVID, we had to change last year's Customs. Now we're looking at the new set of Customs. It's already underway, and we've changed it a little bit more, maybe to feel and operate like it used to be before the pandemic. Can you describe how it's working now? Sure. Last year, not having students on campus was very, very different. And we really missed having them here. We missed that heartbeat that happens in the summer because of our new students interacting with our current uh, employees on campus. And that was something that we knew we had to bring back as soon as possible. This year, we're creating an online piece, a component where they will come to campus. It's going to be a little shorter in time, and we're doing it in smaller groups to um, make sure that we're adhering to all COVID guidelines and that we're keeping everyone safe, new students, new family members, and our employees and staff on campus. So it's a little bit like marrying the, the, two, the two worlds, um, the years of coming to campus for two long days, 
we're still going to bring them to campus this year. But we're using the platform that was created last year, which is extremely helpful um, to have access to that at any time. We are incorporating that into this the, the components of customs. So a student will now select a date, sign up for customs, um, the date that works best for them um, and their schedule. They will do the customs online portion prior to attending the on-campus stay. Uh, during the one day, we'll spend some good time with them and um, then they will have advising and that will be done in a virtual format. So in a one-on-one -on -one format, the day following their customs session on campus. Um, so it, it is a good marriage, I think, of, of both worlds while keeping everyone safe, but still giving all the information as well as introducing them to the actual feel and the environment of our campus. Well, Gina, I, I totally agree. We, we love having the students on campus and they really add an energy to the whole place that we've missed. But let's go back a little bit to what you mentioned about selecting a date for customs. As I understand, the custom dates are assigned for specific majors. Can you talk about that and how, I, I know it's already going on as we speak, but how do I go about finding the right date for me? Um, they're based on what your major is. And so every college um, has specific dates that they represent at customs, their majors. And so in short, not all colleges are here every day. So meaning not all majors and their advisors are available to work with students. So we bring them in based on their major. They select the days and most majors have multitudes of, of dates available. So it gives the students lots of different options when they're selecting the date, taking into, into consideration life in general, but you know, also the, the it is May and the end of school and high school is, is still going on and that's where, that's where their brain is. And so um, we understand that things don't always work at the time that we want to offer them. So we've given them lots of options. They come in, the good thing about uh, scheduling it based on majors is it gives them the opportunity to meet and interact with uh, department chairs, college deans, and other students that are going to be the same majors. They may share classes with, and they may, you know, um, create study groups and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a nice uh, way to um, bring them in so that they get acclimated to campus as well as the students that they may be spending time with. So, okay, I'm, I've, I've signed up, I'm ready to go. What do I expect on my day on campus? How is that gonna, how, what am I gonna do? What will I be up to? So we're, we've designed the day's events to complement the customs online modules. So they're going to, to go through all those modules and, and get a lot of nitty gritty information that's gonna help them with their enrollment process. When they're on campus with us, we want to share what campus is gonna be like. So we're gonna remind them of some of the things that they heard, but while they're with us on campus, we're gonna explore campus. We're going to send them with their student orientation assistants. We call them SOAs that you'll hear us talk about those folks. They're current students that are involved on campus and really they're gonna spend some time sharing what their experiences has been, has been while they've been a student here. The, the best part about MTSU are, are the people that work and go here. So what we wanna do with their customs day is expose them to those folks and the, the real feel for campus. Last word real fast, what about registering for classes? How, do I do that during customs? Is that after customs? How does that work? 
So the students that are going to be on campus with us will meet with an academic uh, personnel, so the advising staff and the deans. They're going to share with them what advising and registration is going to look like the day following their customs date. So they'll spend the day with us and then they'll have some homework to be prepared for that advising session the next day. Those are done virtually and the student will actually speak with an advisor just like we're speaking now and and work on a schedule and register for those classes so it will be part of the customs program it won't be on campus due to the fact that you know computer labs are are tight and and we really want the student to have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with it with an advisor and that's going to be done virtually well gina poff the director of new student and family programs at middle tennessee state university gina thank you for making this safe and making it back to as close to normal as we can make it and still keep everybody protected from the pandemic. We appreciate all you do. Thank you. Looking forward to having everyone on campus. And we'll be right back. True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity that could have changed your life. Maybe you're just graduating high school, or are working and need to earn a degree to advance your career. Or you aspire to be a leader, and a graduate degree can make that happen. Whether you're just starting out or retooling for the future, Middle Tennessee State University can help you get there. MTSU, the University of Opportunities. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Ottman. As I said in the opening, we're broadcasting from the Center for Educational Media, part of the College of Education. Dr. Laura Clark is the director of the center and she shares with us some of the outreach the center provides to educators across the state of Tennessee. Well, Dr. Clark, it's an honor to have you on the show. We've been broadcasting from your center for so very long, and it's the first time we've had you on Out of the Blue, so uh, welcome. Andrew, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me to talk today, and especially thank you as our new partner in the True Blue TV partnership. Well, we're, we're having a lot of fun working with you on True Blue TV and a lot of great work ahead. But let's talk about 
the Center for Educational Media. Can you, uh, for folks that may not be aware of some of the services that you provide to the College of Education and the entire campus, can you kind of give us the elevator speech of the center? The Center for Educational Media, a program of the College of Education, is a multi-service program, uh, primarily serving College of Ed, but we offer services and support to other colleges and offices on campus. This center was born, so to speak, with the audiovisual services. People could bring equipment to be repaired. Professors could check out projectors and screens for the classrooms. We offer services in engineering and audiovisual services, video production, editing, in our new professional development center. It has grown into a center focused on providing training and professional development to educators in Tennessee. Well, Dr. Clark, my mind goes back to the fantastic success that the center provided the Center for Dyslexia uh, when a conference that was scheduled to happen on campus was really just gonna be scrapped until the center stepped in and said, no, we can do this virtually. Talk about the worldwide impact that suddenly started to happen because of that center being offered through these new virtual services. The Center for Dyslexia sponsors each year the Fox Reading Conference. And that reading conference is in existence to offer training to Tennessee teachers in the teaching of reading. One week before the on-site conference was scheduled, we were told that the university is going virtual. With Dr. Tim Odegaard, we worked and planned and plotted and tested, and we delivered a virtual conference. The beauty of that that was so exciting to us was that instead of 200-something educators, we were able to come in contact with 21,414. And so it exponentially expanded our reach and our potential to impact teachers. A fantastic success story. And I know there were participants from uh, South Africa, from Brazil, from Italy, from the United Kingdom. I mean, everyone was just wowed by that. But that also talks about the niche you've really uh, carved out for yourself in professional development. I, I, I recognize that was a, a, the Center for Dyslexia's event was a little bit different than the professional development process you're talking about, but the same ability to offer educational services, both virtually and in person, to help enrich the quality of education. Can you talk about that role that you're doing now and how amazing your reach has been in the professional development sphere? We started with on-site conferences, primarily hosting professional organizations uh, across the state, serving administrators, serving teachers, district level, state level ed educators in Tennessee on-site. We knew that we needed to create some original professional development that was created here, designed, developed, and, and it happened here. So it occurred to me that rather than looking at major topics, we needed to find the, the niches that were unfilled. And so our first area to offer services to for teachers of English learners, we named it the ELL Collaborative, English Language Learner Collaborative. And we heard consistently our district doesn't offer us targeted professional development 
that addresses the needs, the unique needs we have serving English learners. And when we can come together with other teachers doing the same work, it is invaluable. And even on site, I believe we eventually were reaching and had the involvement of 45 school districts. But when we went to virtual, that enabled us to reach beyond the, uh, the one hour driving radius in Middle Tennessee. It enabled us to go as far as Kingsport in the Northeast corner. It enabled us to go into Memphis. The culmination of that was in the Summer Academy. Our topic was teaching English learners virtually. We had participants from 110 school districts across Tennessee. We had higher ed educators come into that conference from across the state, and we had people from uh, the State Department join us in that session. We were thrilled and knowing that now we can get to these teachers and offer this collaborative conversation with other educators doing the same work. That is so exciting to us because we constantly get good feedback. One of the things that we've discussed previously is the school counselor collaborative. Can you describe that and tell us what you're hoping to achieve through it? School counselors, similar to ELL teachers, there may be very small staffs of school counselors in districts. So we feel that there may be similar needs there. So we had our first school counselor collaborative meeting last fall, virtually. And we have plans in place. I've already started discussions to begin a third collaborative for special education teachers. And it's called the SPED Collaborative. Obviously, you've got a lot of partners and a lot of parts to this process. Can you, can you really diagram it for us? How does this really work to your advantage? The secret I have found with this model, I put it together because it seemed to serve what we needed in Tennessee. And the major stakeholders involved in this triangle of professional development, one, there needs to be a host that has the capacity to deliver the professional development, and that's us, the university. The second stakeholder is support and buy-in by the Tennessee Department of Education. We've had that all along in the, um, with Jan Lanier from Department of Ed. But the third stakeholder that's critical in making this collaborative work is we need participation and the voice of the statewide professional organization of educators. So for the ELL collaborative, 10TSOL has been that organization. But, but another key piece that I think is the reason the collaborative's working so well, we don't tell them what topics we're offering. We ask them, what topics do you need help? And they say, we need, we really need some help in this area, or we need, we need help in this, in this area. And so we, we find practitioners in Tennessee who are doing well in those areas, and we bring them in. So it's Tennessee practitioners teaching each other, and it's within the context of Tennessee state policy and Tennessee practices. We've had great success with the ELL Collaborative, and we look forward to having the same level of success with School Counselors Collaborative and the SPED Collaborative. Dr. Laura Clark, Director of the Center for Educational Media and the College of Education. Dr. Clark, fantastic programs, great results. 
Thank you for everything you do for the educators of the state of Tennessee and for all of us at the university. Andrew, thanks for having me today. We are enthused and energized to continue our work serving the educators of Tennessee and serving the College of Education at MTSU. And that wraps up another edition of Out of the Blue. You can find news about the campus 24 hours a day by going to our website, mtsunews.com. You can also find special content on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And a reminder, for updates on our response to the coronavirus, go to mtsu.edu slash coronavirus. I'm Andrew Ottman. Stay safe, stay on course, and remain true blue. Out of the Blue is broadcast on Murfreesboro Cable Channel 9, Monday through Sunday at 11 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. on News Channel 5 Plus and on MTSU student station MT10. It's also available on other cable outlets in Middle Tennessee, so check your local listings. Out of the Blue is a production of MTSU's Division of Marketing and Communications and MTSU Audiovisual Services in the College of Education. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.